Curling fans, you've come to the one place with everything you need involving USA Curling and more. It's the Extra Extra In podcast with the 12th In Sports Network and hosts Price Atkinson and Joe Calabrese. Get ready for everything you need to know. News, interviews, points of view, and club spotlights. Anything involving USA Curling can be found here. It's the Extra Extra In podcast with the 12th In Sports Network. Now, here are Price and Joe. We have liftoff, episode 22 of the Extra Extra Podcast with the 12 Minutes Sports Network. I'm Price Atkinson, and he is the godfather himself, Joe Calabrese, as we are coming to you, I'm coming to you stateside again, back uh, home from Denmark in the Women's World Championship, but it's good to be back with my good friend, the godfather himself, who I missed last week while I was uh, overseas doing, uh, doing some work at the Women's Worlds. Joe, what did I miss while I was at home? Hey, first of all, welcome home, Price. You know, uh, it, it was uh, nice to see you out there in Denmark, and we'll talk a little bit about that uh, a little bit later on in the podcast. But you know what? Uh, you missed a lot of, like, free agency moves in the NFL. Maybe we'll get to that in the final segment. But, uh, you know, uh, the Buffalo Bills, man, they made a lot of moves. Uh, they did. And you know what? Every time I looked at Madeline DuPont in the eye and said hello to her, good luck, are coming off the ice uh, at Women's Worlds, every single time I kept thinking about you, and should I go up to her in the mix zone and ask her what does she think about the Buffalo Bills offense or uh, off season and free agency? I just didn't have the heart to get the kind of like blank stare that I knew she would give. You know, I'm sure she had lots of thoughts on that. Uh, I mean, probably really. is is I would guess a loyal listener to the Extraction podcast. But you know, congratulations to Madeline Dupont on. Uh, Hit a milestone. I can't remember what it was. A 300th uh, win at, uh, I don't I can't remember what it was because it was such a blur last week. And I had three teams I was focused on myself while we were in Denmark. But yeah, every time I saw her, Joe, because that's uh, what, two episodes ago when signing off, when you're like, yeah, please get her thoughts. I seriously, swear to God, I thought about that every single time I saw her around the rink. And it was a small arena too. Let me just say that. Yeah, I noticed that. There were really not that many seats in that arena, weren't were there? They claimed, and I say claimed loosely, they claimed they could fit 3,500 in there. I'm sure that is the case <laughs> when you don't have the, the setup that was in there for that. But I'm thinking 500 for what we were there for, max, because on each side, I mean, there was no seating on the end sheets, right, except right. for – the away end and they had you know it was it was like a vip kind of seating sort of you could pay for those seats but there wasn't many people sitting in there um but it was basically on each side it was what four rows yeah i counted four four rows on each side and there were basically four full sections really four and a half but it was a solid four i'll give you another half uh, basically four rows, and that was it. And you had to—I mean, there was no going behind tunnel. I mean, anytime I had to go to the bathroom from the media bench, uh, you know, on that home end, uh, you had to get up and go. You had to walk right in front of people, basically, and you were obstruct everybody on rows one through four to do it. It—it it was a tiny facility uh, there at the Sports Center in Siltmore, but it was—it it was really nice. It—it—it it, it, it fit everything perfectly. I mean. There was no bursting at the seams really ever. We had a couple draws where the crowds were, you know, packing it in uh, really nice, especially with some of the school kids coming in. But, 
I mean, it was, um, you know, as far as the venue and the facility goes, I, I can't complain at all. The ice played pretty well, uh, considering some of the rain early in the week. But uh, size-wise, yeah, man, I looked at it as like, this is a little band box. But you know what? At the end of the day, it fit. It fit perfectly. Yeah, you know, it, it, on TV, it kind of played kind of weird. It definitely kind of had that feel of the what is it, uh, the casino event where they were doing uh, the Skins game uh, not <laughs> too long ago. Very, very small looking on TV. Um, but, you know, it's ha- I'm happy to hear that it sort of fit the crowd that was there um, real well and was a good good venue for the, for the uh, world. Yeah, it was. And it was one of the first times I can say ever where, you know, the Canadians did not drown out everybody because – you know, being over there in Denmark and Scandinavian territory, I mean, the Swiss had a very strong showing. Obviously, uh, Team Tiranzoni win won it. Congratulations to them. Uh, defeats uh, Anna Hasselborg, uh, which was a tough loss on my end of things. But, uh, you know, Tiranzoni, they, they played great, especially uh, as the week wore on. Uh, but the Swiss had a great following. Uh, the Swedes, Hasselborg had a, had a strong contingent. Uh, as the week wore on and they got into the playoffs. Some more Canadian fans picked up, but, I mean, it was certainly for the first time I can experience at that kind of level, the Canadians were were outnumbered by at least two, if not three other countries, and obviously including the home Danish crowd. Yeah, you know, and maybe that had an effect on the Canadian uh, result. You know, I'm not so sure, but you never know. And, you know, kind of looking at the uh, the final, you know, and boy, Alina Pat, uh, Pat's, Man, 94% in the final. I mean, talk about money. Uh, Just making shot after shot after shot. The shot she hit in the ninth, I don't know if you saw it. I think it it was her first stone in the ninth. Um, When when Hasselborg was sitting three, it looked like they might blow the doors off this thing, and then she makes the – the 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 raise uh, takes out two of them and then spins underneath the Hasselborg uh, stone at the edge of the uh, eight foot. I mean, it was that tur- that was the shot of the game, and that's what won uh, the uh, Switzerland the World Championship was that shot nine by Pets. I mean, she was just she was just fantastic. I mean, she was really good through the entire game, but that shot was the shot and the difference in the game and uh you know just you gotta you gotta take your hat off uh, to that team because that was not a team at the beginning of the week when things got going that that I looked at that had any uh, you know that really had any kind of shot at it I man knew they had a shot they could probably make the playoffs if they scrapped and clawed their way but you know after on and the girls lost their very first game I mean they ran rough shot over everybody ran uh what 10 in a row after that going into the playoffs and they looked like they were not going to be denied especially until pets came through and denied them in the ninth, but it was a uh, it was a fantastic championship that certainly had some ups and downs, and you know one of the biggest downs probably uh, when you look at the entire landscape was you know Team Carey and the Canadians not making uh, even the making the playoffs. I believe it was the first time since 1999, Joe, that a Canadian women's team did not make the playoff at a World Championship. Yeah, you know, and it's kind of an unusual situation too. I mean, because it's a thirteen-team field and six teams make the playoffs, which is, uh, you know, much, uh, you know, two more than make most uh, traditional curling playoffs. And uh, you know, to not see Team Canada there on the podium, it was certainly a shock to me. Um, but I'm sure it was a bigger shock to Canadian fans uh, around the world. Uh, certainly, thinking that that uh, Chelsea had a real good shot at meddling there. Yeah, including if, if not winning the gold. With yeah, absolutely. With how they played at the Scotties, I mean, I don't care who you are. When you you know come off a win at the Briar, the Scotties, 
you are, you know, right there is playing the best in the world. I mean, those are the two best curling events right in the world is the Scotties and the Briar. And you got to think whoever it is that's representing Team Canada out of either one is coming into that world championship, having won that major national event in Canada is as good as anybody. And Kerry was just that. I mean, some would argue that, that Holman, I don't know how you want to term it, crapped the bed, choked, whatever you want to say on those two draws to lose it, that it was more like uh, that Holman lost it versus Kerry winning it. But still, the fact remains, Chelsea Kerry's team was Team Canada there at the Women's World Championship, and they did not make the playoffs. Now, I will say this in full disclosure, Team Kerry was one of the three teams, along with Sinclair and Hasselbork, that I was working with last week, um, you know, handling all their social media and digital media stuff. And let me tell you something, uh, Joe, I'm not going to get into the minutia and, and the finer points of the details, but, you know, we had to pivot, um, you know, I did early middle part of the week when things did not go well when they lost what two games on Tuesday last week and that's when you know we got to DEFCOM 10 like okay this really may not happen they lost two games today including the what 10 I mean the the comeback of the year at least for Jamie Sinclair uh, to rally and beat them what 13 to 6 scoring 10 unanswered right because Kerry was up six to three on Jamie, and then Jamie scored ten in a row. Uh, before yeah, that's the not ha- something you see every day. That's no, for sure. let me just tell you the the going pivoting a strategy to crisis communication was implemented that night, and I'm I'm yeah. going to leave it right there. But it was, yeah, the the Boo Birds came out and. Um, it, it, it was rough uh, for Chelsea, but then they rebounded the next day. But obviously, in the end, they come up short because it was really down to Japan, the U.S., and Canada all fighting for one of the final playoff spots as the, the day started on Friday with the round robin concluding. And as soon as the round robin concluded on, or at least the first, uh, the first or the second draw of the day on on Friday, the final draw Friday night, and you heard it when I recorded, uh, you know, during that final draw, that it, it was kind of anticlimactic, Joe, because that last draw, the round robin, that Friday night, didn't matter. Yeah. It did not matter what it happened at all. The, the field was set, and everybody was set in their position. You know, it's interesting in, the, in these competitions, there are no tiebreaker games. So it's all determined, you know, ties are all broken sort of head-to-head, and, and then, like, I think by draw shot, if I remember correctly. So, um you know, it is a little interesting, you know, at the end of the day, those games just didn't matter. Yeah. Um, the scoreboards, it's got to be kind of weird to pl- kind of play out the string when you know that it's not going to make any difference at all. Yeah. But let's back let's back up a little bit, Price. Sure. We talked about, uh, you know, Canada and we certainly talked about the final. Let's let's talk about Jamie Sinclair and and uh, her team's journey throughout this event, uh, just narrowly missing out on the playoffs. What can you tell us about, you know, your experience working with them that this this past week? Well, I could tell you that it was a rough it was a rough start because they beat Madeline Dupont in a you know a grinded out game in their first game. Um, then they lost three of their next four, and, and so they weren't uh, sitting in a good spot. Actually, they lost four of their next five, so they were sitting at two and four after a loss uh, a ten five loss to Inch from uh, from Germany. And then that's when, I, you know, stop, stop me if you've heard this movie before, the comeback began, and that comeback began that night with Chelsea Carey uh, or against Team Canada when they came back to win 13-6. to And that win against Chelsea Carey, that preceded them. They ended up winning four out of their next five to put themselves – uh, in a tie, in in a really good spot because they had the tiebreaker uh, with Canada. Um, you know they played Japan and had lost to Japan in the second game of the entire event. But 
everybody, I think, knows at this point, you know, what had happened is that they were set, sitting ready to face uh, Switzerland. Um, basically, a win, a, a win over Switzerland, they're in the playoff. Um, they could have lost, and if some other things had gone their way, they could have still backdoored and found a way in. Um, but here's basically what happened, Joe. I mean, it, it was a situation where, I mean, Jamie got, Jamie got better, got more comfortable as the week went on. Uh, I don't think there's any question that the Twins struggled, um, especially very early, uh, but slowly kind of got their footing a little bit. Uh, but no pun intended when I say footing, um, the game against uh, Sophie Jackson in Scotland, the, the Team USA won 9-7. to Here's what happened. Let me take you back. I mentioned it last week, but Jamie uh, Sinclair, immediately after the game, Joe, um, the teams are shaking hands. Jamie's at the far end. Uh, U.S. is one. Uh, she starts making her way, sliding down to shake hands with everybody, you know, in the house at, at the near end, the end I'm at. And there was a, a rock on the ice that was sitting on a logo, a dark logo. She's coming down. She doesn't even see it. She hits, she trips over basically that rock. Never even saw it because she was looking at everybody shaking hands. She takes a really hard spill, goes down. Um, I didn't see it at first. I had it on video doing their team's social media because I got the handshakes and stuff. Uh, when somebody had mentioned what had happened, I pulled back up my phone and looked at it. She came down really hard on her shoulder. You couldn't really tell the head or not. Uh, but started getting word uh, after they had left the ice because they were coming up in the very next draw. They only had about 90 minutes uh, after that game ended, maybe give or take a little bit more uh, before they faced uh, Silvana Tiranzoni in Switzerland. Started kind of getting word trickling out uh, from the team that uh, Jamie may not play in the next game. Uh, they come out to warm up, and you can kind of see she she looked a little pale, and this is just strictly my observations right here. She took three practice slides. Uh, she didn't cross uh, the hog line on any of them. Uh, she basically stood there the rest of the practice while Vicki Persinger, who was the fifth, uh, the magician herself, was warming up. Um, I was standing right there when Derek Brown and Mike, the trainer, uh, then certainly Terry Davis, uh, Director of Communications from the USCA, were meeting literally right before the starting lineups were announced, and they huddled. I'm just a few feet away. Terry says to me, uh, Vicky's uh, in, Jamie's out. And I, it's basically what I expected just from viewing and seeing what I saw. Um, it was termed a lower leg injury. Um, it ended up being I, I, more than I know, but I, I believe it was a, a muscular-type injury that there just wasn't really enough time to get Jamie ready uh, between draws. But the lower leg injury kept Jamie out. They moved Sarah to throw uh, skip stones. Vicky uh, plays in the vice role, obviously, that she was in with Corey all year. Um, and they fought. I mean, they fought valiantly. It, it was a certainly a tough scenario I don't you know there's two schools of thought you know do you want to go out there when you don't really have time to get nervous and just go at it or do you have are you better off when you've got a little bit more time to plan but in the end Team USA does fall by one to Tiranzoni five to four and with everything else the way it transpired that was the end of Team USA's run at the world championship when it could have been you know potentially uh, a different story we're talking about. Yeah, you know, I, I, I certainly looked at the line score there, and it was a close game all the way through against the eventual world champion. So I don't think there's anything that uh, the team should be uh, ashamed of at all. They played their, their hearts out there in a very tough situation. Yep. Um, 
you know, I am looking at the the player percentages though, and I guess um, if I'm uh, you know Derek Brown or somebody looking at these stats, I, I'm the only person I'm seeing with the high percentage is Monica Walker, and yep. um, I I think that that is a little bit telling, and, and you know I think that Jamie and and Nina have had a pretty easy go of it in terms of getting by uh, teams that maybe are not quite at the same level as these teams are. And the women's field at the Worlds is getting so much tougher now. And I'm not sure what what we're going to have to do as a, as a country in terms of preparing these teams a bit better because um, these they're traveling everywhere. I don't yep. think that that's the issue. I, I just think that uh, – We've got to somehow come up with a, a little bit better uh, percentages if we're going to compete. Well, and, and that's something that you just hit on right there, that, that many of the other players I talked to from the other countries, I uh, talked to Chelsea Carey and, and her team a bit, of, uh, quite a bit about it. I talked to Anna and the girls about it quite a bit as well. There were no easy outs, you know, at the at the Women's World Championship. I mean, Latvia was there. Latvia played very well. I mean, they were down at the bottom. I mean, Madeline Dupont is not where she was, you know, years ago. Uh, but you had you, th- there wasn't a gimme there. You know, even Finland wasn't a gimme. You know, there were, you know, you had to bring it. Uh, you had to bring it no matter who you played. And everybody talked about that, uh, just the depth of the field, about how strong it is. And, you know, when you mentioned the U.S., you know, Monica Walker, I think it's pretty safe to say we're going to have her on at some point very soon. Uh, but most people know at this point Monica's stepping away uh, from the game. Um, at the end of this season and you know I think we'll have her on here pretty soon to talk about it she didn't want to up hasn't wanted to upstage her team at all made the decision weeks ago uh, but Monica's stepping away from the game and it's fairly common knowledge amongst a lot of people uh, but when I watched her play uh, even even no one just kind of wanting and needing that break just away whether it's permanent whether it's temporary Watching Monica play is she was statistically, I believe, going into their last round robin game, the one against Switzerland, she was either number one or in the top two as far as shooting percentage for leads of the entire Bonspiel uh, at the World Championship. To me, that says a lot. And in large part, Monica and Jamie really were carrying that team to where they got to, uh, you know, to put themselves even in position. And Jamie, make no bones about it, Jamie really started to catch fire and really started making some shots later in the week. But Monica Walker, that, uh, you know, where Team USA would be without her, I don't know. But she was fantastic, Joe. Yeah, and you got to – hope that you know as uh, that team has to sort of reform after after Monica's departure that they'll build in such a way to bring the kind of experience that Monica uh, brought to the table I yep. think she was a calming influence I think that um, you know her experience is is certainly very valuable um, and we'll have to see sort of how things shake out in the off season. yeah and Vicky was pretty excited uh, not the right excited is not the right word for it but you know Going all that way, the chance to play, but certainly not under the kind of circumstances that the way it happened. Because she, as you heard last week, was, you know, was in tears. She was in tears, you know, talking to me after the game, um, just about seeing Jamie up there on the bench, not being able to play, and how difficult that was for her. Uh, but at the end of the day, as I said last week, uh, just our thoughts and prayers and just hoping Jamie gets better, uh, recovers, is, is back on the ice sooner than later, just because it was obviously you don't want to see anybody go down and, and somebody certainly uh, of her caliber or player, Joe. 
Yeah, you know, it, it's got to be tough for Jamie. I mean, she's certainly, you know, a very fiery competitor. Um, she's the type of person that's going to want to be on the ice no matter what. Um, I can't imagine what it must have felt like having to sit that that game out that could have made the difference in, in getting to the playoffs or not. Um, I do think, though, that this is uh, at the end of the day, while it didn't it didn't serve them well this this year or this week, um, having that in the back of her brain, I hope drives her. And I think it probably will. Um, yeah. And I think that that can only be. Uh, mean good things for Team USA. Yep. All right, uh, we got more to get to. Uh, we got our guest coming up that I failed to mention at the very beginning, Joe. Uh, Dan Weezer, uh from the Madison Curling Club. I talked to him earlier today. He's in Denver, Colorado as part of Team Sean Murray. It should be called Team Angry Bird, but competing at the uh, U.S. Mixed Nationals there, the Denver Curling Club out there in Golden, Colorado. Yep, Golden, you would know where that is, the home of Coors Brewing, but they are out there uh, competing as Team Murray on the ice tonight in the playoffs. But Dan Wiesa, uh, really good conversation with him. You're going to hear that next as he's obviously playing for a chance to go to the uh, uh, the World Championships for uh, for uh, mixed. He is also uh, going to be representing Team USA uh, at, the, at the World Senior National Championship coming up uh, in Norway next month. So not just a chance to go to the World Championship once in the calendar year, possibly two times uh, for Dan, who has never had the chance to even have that honor to represent Team USA. Uh, so we got that conversation coming up uh, with Dan Wiesen the next segment, Joe. Uh, then you and I are going to come back and finish it up and talk about the uh, U.S. Mixed Nationals. Also preview the Men's World Championship coming up in Lethbridge, Alberta. That starts uh, tomorrow on Saturday. So we got more to do here on this episode of the Extraction Podcast. Podcast. We will be right back. I'm Price Atkinson, Joe Calabrese. Don't go anywhere. We're coming right back at you. All right, here we go. Our featured guest interview this week on the Extraction Podcast with the 12th In Sports Network, Dan Weza. Curls out of Madison, but right now is curling out of Denver, Dan, as you guys are at the the Mixed Nationals, USA Mixed Curling Nationals there at the Denver Curling Club as you're curling. As a member of Team, should we do we call it Team Sean Murray? But it's Team Great Lakes. Uh, as you guys finish seven and two in the round robin, a top uh, three way tie. But how are things going, Dan? Welcome in here to the podcast for the first time. Uh, thanks for having me, Price. Uh, things are going pretty well. We had a few struggles early on, um, but we've been playing better as as the week's been going on, and uh, we're all set for tonight's semifinal. So do we call it? Do we call it Team Murray? Do we call it Team Great Great Lakes? I don't want it to go to Sean's head too much, but you know, <laughs> while, while he is calling a pretty good game this week, as you guys are seven and two, how, how do we refer to you guys? I, at well, on the scoreboard, they have Team Murray dash MI for Michigan on our on our jackets. We have yep. Michigan, um, so it really doesn't say GLCA anywhere except on the on our regional playdown patches. <laughs> so whatever you want, Michigan Murray, either one works for us. Well, as you guys are playing there in the USA Curling Mixed National Championship, again, at the Denver Curling Club, uh, you guys right now, uh, round robin is done. Seven and two, you guys tie uh, atop the standings with uh, uh, Dakota Territory, Evan Workin, the reigning national champion, along with uh, Grand National 2. Uh, so you guys seven and two, and then that tiebreaker played earlier today. Grand National one skipped by Hunter Clausen. Uh, they win that one over, uh, I guess maybe your neck of the woods, Ben Richardson in Wisconsin. But uh, Hunter Clausen gets into the playoffs, and the playoffs begin tonight. Uh, you know, take us through the week, Dan, because 
you know, you guys have been uh, preparing uh, for this for, for a little while. We're going to talk to you about some of the other things you're doing. But, you know, so far so good as you guys get ready to turn the page to, to really the, the real business beginning tonight. Yeah, our goal going in was to, um, of course, get in the playoffs, but also to try to avoid any kind of tiebreaker situations, which we were able to do with our yep. victory over the host Colorado last night. Um, so that secured our number three seed in the playoffs and got to relax last night and this morning. Didn't have to worry about playing a tiebreaker to get into the playoffs or anything. So, yeah, we're um, last day, day and a half, we've been playing our, playing our best and we still have a little room to improve yet. So hopefully our best games are yet to come. Yeah, it's you guys are going to play Grand National 2 tonight. And that was a game you guys only lost two in the round robin, but this was one of the two that I think it was 9-8. to eight. You guys uh, came up just short in your second game of the round robin. Going to get another crack at him tonight. Is this, tell us, take us through it too. Is this, is this page playoff? Is this how uh, the playoffs will work? Uh, this is a straight semifinal one versus okay. four and two versus three. And the winners of each game go right to the uh, gold medal game. Losers go to the bronze medal game. Um, so yeah, we lost to um, New York team Pulley on our second game uh, in the round robin. Yep. Um, they laid a five ender on us, and I think fourth end to go up by five or six, and then we thought about shaking after the fifth end. Yeah, then they sold the fifth end to go up eight to two. Uh-huh. We thought about shaking, and I was like, ah, let's keep playing, and we ended up getting a three in the sixth, and stole the seventh, and stole the eighth. There's still two in the eighth, and forced an extra end, and but just couldn't pull out pull it out the next round. Um, so we, we, we know about them. We played them in the bronze medal game last year in, in Lakeville, Minnesota and, and came up victorious on that. So it's a, it's a very friendly rivalry. We, we, we sat, sat with each other at the banquet this week and mm-hmm. yeah, we get along great. So it'll be uh competitive, but also very fun on the ice against them. Yeah. As we're continuing Dan Weiser out of the Madison curling club, but curling is a member of team Sean Murray representing the great lakes region at the mixed nationals in Denver right now. And, you know, you mentioned uh, this game tonight, uh, you know, fun, you know, this team, but, you know, I'm kind of curious because as two of your team members, as you guys, uh, team Murray, it's yourself and then Sean Murray and then Amelia Yochis and Stephanie Seneker going to be playing tonight against one of their teammates uh, through the season, Rebecca Andrew, who's going to be playing on that team tonight. Has the trash talk begun at all? I know there's no trash talking in curling, but uh, I know that on social media there's a little bit of a, all right, here we go, trying to develop that storyline a little bit ahead of the game tonight. Yeah, I mean – yeah, they've been teammates all season, and I know after the after we determined we were paired up in the semifinal, um, I don't know if you saw on Facebook or people probably have that uh, they, the three of them took a picture of it get to, uh, with each other and yeah. kind of like a comp- competitive type of pose, like uh, fists in the air and stuff. It was all in great fun, and yeah, trash talking. I mean, we just had our uh, um, rock, um, rock matching session, yep. so they went right before us, and so. Yeah, we were talking with them before. It's, yeah, it's all in good fun. <laughs> well, uh, you know, for our listeners that aren't super familiar with uh, mixed nationals or, or, you know, when it comes to mixed curling, man, it's obviously two men, two women. What's uh, How much fun is it to play? Because I know uh, you obviously enjoy curling with your senior, uh, your men's senior team because you guys are going to the World Championships. Uh, Todd Burr, member of your team there. We're going to get to that in a few minutes as you guys won uh, the U.S. Senior Nationals. But how much fun is it with, uh, you know, playing at the mixed nationals? It's it's, it's really fun. It's it's the, the competitive level is still there, but there's a added more – social event to it than straight men's or women's uh-huh. um so yeah I, I really enjoy playing mix i mean i've played 
this is my sixth mixed nationals. Um, I'll, I'll play mixed and play downs as long as I can. Yep. Um, I just love it. All right. Uh, you know, Dan, take us through, uh, the, the senior nationals because you guys, uh, you guys win the U S senior national championship. Uh, you guys now are going to Norway and you guys are going to play in the world championship coming up, uh, at the end of April. You had a busy kind of plate this, uh, this spring, so to speak. Yeah, very busy. Um, as our, our senior team, we had five, we did five spiels, um, in preparation for senior nationals, we won three of them. Um, then somehow, some way we go undefeated nine and zero at senior nationals to win the spot to worlds. It's, <laughs> it was the unconventional way to win worlds. Um, I don't know if a lot of people probably know our skip Jeff Goodland was yep. unable to play for the week. Um, so Pete Westberg, our second had played with Todd Burr in the past. Um, got Todd at about the last second. He wasn't able to make it to make it in time for our first game. So we played three handed. Wow. Uh, we won that one. Todd got there uh, Wednesday night for our second game. Thursday, he was there for our, our third game. Then he had to go back to Blaine for an event on Friday. So he wasn't able to play. So then we had to play three handed again against uh, Jeff Wright, team Jeff Wright, um, somehow found a way to win. And Todd was back for the rest of the week and, kept on kept on winning all the way through so what's it going to be like for you the opportunity to to represent team usa at the world championship is this going to be a first time experience for you getting to do that and i mean what is it going to be like because whether it's your first or your 10th getting to wear the stars and stripes that's always it's a badge of honor you know i this would be a lot of first for me i mean just you, you just saying that it kind of gets a little emotion from me yeah um, I've never, never been to worlds. I've never been overseas. So my first trip overseas anywhere and it'd be to, to Norway to curl in the worlds. I don't know if it, I mean, it hit me right a little bit after we won mm-hmm. on the ice, got a little emotional there. And I don't know when it'll, when it'll fully hit me at the, at most, maybe when I first put on the Jersey, the USA Jersey, maybe yeah. when first step on the ice. I don't know. It's what. It's just, it's just incredible. Yeah, it's incredible honor is what it is. And I think not just the honor, but the opportunity and something I know you guys are going to really, really enjoy. And I know we're going to wish you guys the best of luck and follow everything, all your progress over there. But we're going to follow your progress tonight as everybody can watch uh, the games tonight, usacurl.org. Everything has been live streamed. Um, not every single game, obviously, but one game uh, per draw. Are you guys, uh, tell us now, or do you know if you're going to be the stream game tonight or how's that going to work? I do not know. I was watching the stream at the game last night, and at the end they were saying that um, they'll they'll either feature one of the two games or go back and forth, depending on how each game is going to show. So I'm, yeah. I'm sure they'll show plenty of each game um, tonight. Well, I want to ask you about something before we let you go, Dan. And, uh, you know, I, I see a lot of pictures of you in uh, USA Curling Magazine uh, online, and you know the the shirt, the kitten shirt, the outfits you wear. They're they're loud. They're fun. Well, 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 well son, yep. outfit is the uniform. What's that? I call it a uniform. It, the uniform. I call it a uniform. The uniform. Yeah. <laughs> take, take 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 me through that because the kitten uniform is, is especially it's unique. It's wow. It, it hits you in the face. Um. Yeah, I think it does. Um. <laughs> I. Um. When Lundmoth came out with their with their line of pants. Um, I bought a few pairs. I, I loved them. And then a few years ago, um, they advertised they were coming out with, uh, with the kitten pants. Uh-huh. They actually posted on April 1st. I didn't realize it. And everybody was like, 
oh, it's an April Fool's joke. I didn't know that. And I guess so many people wanted a pair that they actually, okay, we'll make them now. Yeah. I'm getting, and it's like, I'm getting those. And then I, then the cat shirts followed. And yeah, and I know at St. Paul, um, two years ago, somebody took a picture of me wearing the cat pants and my, I call it Lava Kitty, Lava Kitty shirt. Yeah. And it was in a Norwegian curling pants Facebook page, picked it up and reposted it. And I was like, oh my, and I'm, I'm now known, known in Norway and worldwide. And it's like, this is crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I know you're going to be taking that to, uh, to Norway for the world championship, uh, and wear it in some kind of capacity, but, uh, Hey, uh, Dan, look, especially uh, thank you for, for taking the time as you guys get ready to play tonight. Uh, you and Team Murray, again, Amelia Ochis and Stephanie Seneker, you guys, uh, a great lineup, a lot of fun, and, and uh, certainly good luck to you guys and everybody out there that's uh, still live in the playoffs, the four teams. Just appreciate the few minutes and to have you on for the first time. Thank you. Thanks, thanks a lot, Price. Appreciate it. All right, appreciate that time with Dan Weeza again out of the Madison Curling Club. But they're in Denver right now, technically Golden, Colorado at the Denver Curling Club. The U.S. Mixed Nationals going on. Playoffs begin tonight as we're recording here on Friday. So when we come back, the Godfather himself will return with me. We'll close up shop here on the Extraction Podcast with the 12th in Sports Network. All right, appreciate Dan Weeza for joining us here in that last segment. Good luck to them there out there at the uh, Mixed Nationals as that's uh, fully and underway right now as we speak. Team uh, Sean Murray uh, on the ice tonight uh, against uh, one of their teammates, as you heard me uh, talk to her about uh, or talk to Dan about, is uh, Stephanie Seneker and Amelia Jochic. They are uh, they are teammates with Rebecca Andrew, somebody you know very well that they are going up against in uh, Grand National, the Grand National number two team uh, out there. The other uh, semifinal is the Grand National one team versus the defending mixed uh, national champions, uh, Dakota Territory, and that's Skip Evan Workin and his crew, uh, Christina Lammers and. Uh, uh, Jordan Brown uh, and Rachel work, and they are uh, also in the playoffs. So four-team field, straight-up semis. The winner moves on to the national championship. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see how that plays out, Joe, out there in Denver. Yeah, you know, this ended in the round robin with a three-way tie for first. Uh, we mentioned Sean Murray, uh, Caitlin Pooley, who's from the Rochester Curling Club, and Evan Workin. I'll finish with a 7-2 and two record. Evan got the... Uh, the one seed as he uh, defeated both Sean and Caitlin in the round robin. Uh, the the fourth spot actually went to a tiebreaker between uh, Ben Richardson from Wisconsin and Hunter Clausen, who was the Grand National uh, Curling Club number one team. Uh, both had finished with a six and three record, and Hunter took that game down this afternoon. We're recording on Friday night, so it, you know <laughs> right before game time of these semifinals. So I'm really excited to sort of see uh, you know somebody I used to play with, Sean Murray, and somebody who I play against uh, almost all the time, Caitlin, uh, in a semifinal. I'm hoping that's the one on the web stream. But uh, you know it's great to see Evan working out there, a guy who's uh, played with Team Brundage for a few years now. Uh, out there, a defending champion, has that one seed, uh, playing uh, Hunter Clausen, an uh, up-and-coming uh, coming, uh, player on the men's side. So it's, it's real exciting, I think, here for the the mixed nationals. And uh, it, that'll all be on usacurl.org. So the semifinals are tonight. Uh, it'll be over by the time you hear this, most likely. But uh, Saturday, uh, finals. So 
uh, get ready. Get that popcorn ready. going to be a good one. Yep. You can watch that, as Joe said, on usacurl.org. And, uh, you know, check that out, check that one out. And certainly another one to check out, uh, Joe, uh, the Men's World Championship uh, getting underway tomorrow. That would be Saturday uh, afternoon in Lethbridge at the NMAX Center there in Alberta. Uh, the 2019 Pioneer Hybrid World Men's Curling Championship. And most people know at this point, if you don't, you're probably under a rock when it comes to this sport, but I'm sure that everybody does know, is loyal listeners of this podcast, know that Team Schuster, the winners of the U.S. Nationals in Kalamazoo that we watched uh, turn in just a fantastic week. Team USA's representative out there uh, in Alberta, they are going to be getting underway. They're going to start their quest for a world championship against the Netherlands Saturday afternoon. That is 2 o'clock Mountain Standard Time, 4 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. That game will indeed uh, not be shown. Excuse me, I thought that one was on television. That one will not be on television, but uh, most of Team USA's games, not all of them, I believe uh, eight of their 12-round Robin games will be live on the Olympic Channel. Uh, Check your local listings, but you can also check out usacurl.org for the TV schedule for Team USA at the World Men's uh, Championship there in Lethbridge. But the first TV game that will be shown will be Sunday night at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That's when Team USA will take on Germany that will be uh, Team USA's third game of the round robin as they will open against the Netherlands. They will play Korea on Sunday at lunchtime and then play Germany on Sunday night. You can watch live on the Olympic Channel, Joe. And just, uh, you know, as you would expect, a fantastic field uh, there at the World Men's Curling Championship. I think, Kevin Cooey, you look at some of the teams uh, that you're going to look at and highlight uh, is the favorites. No doubt about it, uh, Team USA uh, should be in the mix. But, you know, Team Cooey uh, representing Canada, and certainly no doubt about it, uh, Nicholas Adin uh, representing uh, Team Sweden. I think you look at those as probably the two co-favorites. I mean, Schuster, you got Peter de Cruz from Switzerland, who's always been a bugaboo uh, for Team USA to play against at times, and Bruce Mowat uh, representing Scotland. That's another darn good team. I mean, this is setting up to be a really good uh, world championship. Yeah, again, six teams make the playoffs here. So, you know, I'm looking at sort of uh, the the field here. And what I really think Schuster's got to do here is take care of business against these teams that are maybe ranked in the 40s in the world. Um, you cannot have any kind of letdowns in this and and expect to get one of those top two seeds. We'll get you the bye in the, in the playoffs. Um, and I think that that's probably the goal for, for Schuster uh, going into this. Um, you know, wouldn't it be great, you know, you had uh, – Nicholas Adine, wouldn't it be great if we could have a gold medal rematch? You know, that would be pretty cool. Um, you know, with Schuster not being able to play in the World Championships last year, um, you know, coming into this, it's really his first chance to sort of kind of defend that gold medal against all comers from around the world. So um, it should be a lot of fun. I'm really looking forward to it, Price. Yeah, me too. And I talked to Mike Harris uh, with Sportsnet, my friend. He's doing a work with uh, the Chinese national team. And don't be surprised if you see the Chinese make some noise. And, you know, at the Women's World Championship, I'm not saying it's the same thing, but the Asian countries right now, you're starting to see – Uh, you're starting to see a really strong push, and you're starting to see not just the push but results uh, at some some events like this. Don't count out the Koreans either. Uh, it's a, that's another young team, not as young as Minji Kim on the women's side for Korea. That's another really good team, uh, you know, there. And look, the Italians, that's another team, uh, you know, you can't forget about. And, you know, the Russians, uh, if the Russian men are anything like the Russian women, 
that's going to be another formidable foe. I mean, the, just the depth of these uh, these countries right now, the way you know they're investing in the sport, especially in the Asian markets, the you know Korea, Japan, China, uh, ahead of the next uh, upcoming Winter Olympics. I mean, the money they're putting into getting better and improving, man, you're seeing it across the board in these big events. Yeah, this is where all that travel um, going to these uh, Grand Slam events pays off, and you know you got to hope that. Uh, somebody like John, who's had some experience in some of these events, um, gets off to a good start, kind of gets things rolling. Um, they play the Netherlands off the bat, and I think that that's a very winnable game. Yep. Um, hopefully, they'll be able to kind of just get things rolling and uh, you know then make the playoffs, and then and then you see what happens. It's one game elimination once you make the playoffs. It's it's our version of uh, March Madness in April. All right, you you could not have segued it better to, as we get out the door here on the Extraction Podcast. As I've got March Madness on recording right now is I'm uh you know the the nerves are starting to kick up I'm gonna have to uh you know go find some hops and barley downstairs to, uh, to kind of calm the nerves a little bit before Kentucky plays here in about an hour uh against Houston in the Sweet 16 right now North Carolina is absolutely getting the dog walked on them by Auburn I, I can't believe it right now because if you were told me two locks for tonight I thought North Carolina Michigan State uh, would be locks to win just because of matchups. But give me, uh, give me your pick. Who's, uh, who's your final four? Who's your pick to win the whole thing, Joe? I know you got one. I'm gonna, uh, uh, I'm gonna disappoint you. Okay. I, I haven't looked at, a, I have not looked at a bracket. Doesn't surprise I've me. I've watched, I have watched five minutes maybe of college basketball this season. Um, and the only thing that I noticed was that Duke escaped, and I really was not crazy about that. I'm gonna go with Carolina. They're still alive, right? Uh, they're down 11 right now with 16 to go, but plenty of time left. I, I, I still like them. I, I, I just that's what I hear on on sports radio that I should like Carolina, so I'm going with them. Yeah, I did. I actually, and I hate to say it as much as I cannot stand the Tar Holes. They, uh, I, I did pick them to beat Texas Tech in the national championship. Although I would not be surprised if Gonzaga wins the whole thing. I do not think Duke wins it. I, I, I'm going on record and and did with my bracket picks and and not picking Duke, not because I hate Duke because I do hate Duke. I uh, also hate Tennessee and North Carolina. Uh, but when it comes down to money and when it comes down to uh, being objective, I, I can certainly be objective uh, when it comes to looking at teams. And it is going to be tough. Uh, I just don't think my Wildcats have it in them, uh, especially with P.J. Washington's injury. But, uh, yeah, March Madness is here, and March Madness is walking out the doors, Joe. Next time we, you and I do this, we're going to be in the month of April. I guess we're kind of counting down the episodes now that we have left because really uh, we take this thing basically till the end of April. Uh, I'm going to be back on the road here pretty soon uh, going to Toronto for the Players' Championship. Uh, got the uh, Champions Cup in in, um, um, in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. Uh, got a couple more events uh, and then working on uh, hopefully something I'll have the opportunity to go to in late May in a far, far away land, um, I just think Rocky Four is the only hint I can drop right now. Is I'm trying to get uh, <laughs> some things uh, a bow put on that, but it should be a pretty cool opportunity. But Joe, we really don't have a whole lot left. We're in championship season. Uh, we're at the end, brother. Price, you got me thinking of you in a in a gray sweatsuit running down <laughs> some mountain uh, trail with a, a car chasing after you. It's a it's an interesting image. Um, but let's let's do one more thing. Let's, uh, I'm going to make an executive decision. Okay. We're going to skip a week. We're going to skip a week next week because all we have to talk about is the world championship. And we'll do we can do that in a recap after the event. And I've got the uh, curling the gathering event that I'm organizing all next right. weekend here in Rochester. And I honestly, I don't think I'm going to have the time to, to record. Um, 
but I'll take lots of pictures of the event and uh, post them online. So go to that uh, Facebook page, uh, Curling the Gathering 2019, if you're interested in seeing some of those wacky uh, cards in play. But what about uh, go to there and check if you want to get in? I mean, do you still have uh, slots? No, you know what? Price, I sold this thing out two and a half months ago. All right, I, so, you know what? Uh, I digress. I, See, look yeah, at- I know. We had 16 teams sign up, and uh, that's our limit. Well, that's this that particular. Uh, we're happy with that. That's fantastic. Well, that's fantastic. Well, look, dude, congratulations. You guys have fun. I guess we will. I guess I'm learning something tonight on a Friday night. Um, so I'm sitting here uh, watching March Madness and in speaking with what in you know recording this podcast with one of my uh, certainly one of my very good friends in, in this business and uh, Joe Calabrese. So I learned something tonight, Joe. I learned that we will not do this next week, but we will be back the following week. Is uh, we will have. Uh, Players Championship. I'll be in Toronto that week. We will have the Men's World Championship to recap. Uh, we'll still have more to do. We still have more to do the rest of the season, but you will get a week off from us next week as we barrel down the stretch. But anything to uh, before we get out out the door, Joe, uh, that you want to hit on? Uh, you know what, Price? You're going to be in Toronto in two weeks. I'm going to have to figure out a way to get out there. I'm only a few hours away. We'll yeah, how about it? I'll meet, meet up with you. Why well, don't I'll you do to- that? I'll have to see if I can convince the wife to make the trip. We'll see. Well, let's make that happen because you're just uh, you're just what across the the river. So I mean, you're I mean the river. That's that's a great lake there. All right, Grace. great lake. Whatever. <laughs> I, I look. All I know is you get snow all the time. You're not that far away. What are you about? A two hour drive? Yeah, about three hours. I'd say that's not yeah. bad. That's not bad. No, it isn't bad. And you're talking about the premier slam of the year. I mean, it is the Players' Championship. That is the slam. And just to let you know, the Blue Jays are in town that weekend. Uh, just going to dangle that carrot, man, if you're interested. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. We'll have to see if we can pull that off. We'll see how I feel after this weekend. All right, babe. We'll, we'll get out of here. Uh, give Elise a hug for me. Uh, tell her I said hello. Uh, certainly everybody up there in the greater Rochester area. My boss is actually going to be up there in a couple weeks uh, doing some stuff on, on his end of things. But wish you guys all the best uh, with the gathering next weekend, Joe. And you and I will do it again the following week. Uh, but until then, appreciate everybody listening. Remember, subscribe, give us a review, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, whatever your app of choice to listen to your favorite podcast. We hope that we are one of your favorites, and you will give us a review because when you review it, uh, five stars especially, makes it a lot easier for other curling fans and sports enthusiasts to find. So until then, Bryce Atkinson, he is the godfather of Joe Calabrese. We will see you next week or excuse me, the week after, right here on the Extraction Podcast with the 12th In Sports Network. See you in two weeks, folks. Thanks for being with us on this edition of the Extra Extra In Podcast with Price Atkinson and Joe Calabrese. Follow the 12th In Sports Network crew on Twitter and Facebook to stay up on our weekly contests, giveaways, guests, and for upcoming episodes of the Extra Extra In Podcast.